Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is Karen Kruger, who is an Alexander Technique teacher in Midtown Manhattan. She's been teaching about three years. She had a, an, a law career of some 25 years uh, before she became a teacher, and uh, a few months ago, we're talking sort of late summer 2013, a few months ago, um, there was a uh, video produced of by Bloomberg News, an interview with her about the Alexander Technique, which generated quite a bit of publicity in general in the Alexander world. I think it's uh, on YouTube. It's, it's, it's certainly in the top 10 uh, Alexander videos. And it also uh, resulted in her and Karen getting a lot of new clients. And we're going to talk today a little bit about her experience with that and what she learned that might be useful for other Alexander Technique teachers who want to expand their practice. Karen, welcome to the show. Hi, Robert. Thank you. Uh, could we start by just um, maybe telling telling our listeners a little about your early experiences as a teacher after graduating um, and how that all changed when the Bloomberg video came online. Sure. Um, well, when I first went out into teaching on my own, I... Had just, I decided early on that I would uh, take my time about building my practice because I had been a lawyer for so long, as you said. Um, I didn't you know, need to have a huge income coming in, and my goal for myself was and still is to have as many students as I need to feel really engaged in teaching and to keep learning and to you know to really help some people, but not to you know not to feel like I had to get a huge business right away. So that was actually really nice because I realized it allowed me to be a bit um, less attached to results. So I, you know, I mostly got my students through word of mouth. Every once in a while, someone would refer a friend. Um, I had one lovely student who keeps giving her friends birthday lessons and some of them become new students, that kind of thing. Um, and when people would ask me, how's the teaching practice going? My standard answer, which was always true, was, well, you know, it's going it's great. I'm enjoying it. And I could use a few more students. And, you know, I was thinking maybe three more, three or four more students than I had. So I, I did this interview, which was um, done by Bloomberg Law, which is a unit of the Bloomberg Empire, um, mm -hmm. and, but it's aimed directly specifically at lawyers. And within 48 hours of that going out on the internet, I had had something like 10 inquiries, mm -hmm. which was, you know, overwhelming to me actually i had no idea it would be so so quick a response and then i i continue steadily to get inquiries from people who specifically say oh i saw your your bloomberg interview and i'm really interested mm -hmm. so it it made a, a big change in the, my number of students so even though it's now as we're talking late august and a kind of a slow time i'm still you know i have more students than i had before and my answer to you know, how's it going is, you know, I really have a good number of students. I'm very happy with it. Yeah. And I, that we'll put a link to that interview by the podcast. It, it is on YouTube and it is a extremely uh, well done interview on many levels. I mean, it's, it's professionally produced and the interviewer asked really good questions. 
Wasn't he great? I he was, was very fantastic. Impressed. And you know, yeah. a lot of times, a lot of times, that isn't what happens. It wasn't even what I expected to happen because he, you know, the orig- the idea of the series that he does is to find out about people's um, transition from being lawyers to doing other things, and he often asks a lot of questions about, you know, how did you make this change and what about how your legal career is helping you in your new career. So I was a bit surprised when he he showed up actually being extremely interested in the Alexander technique. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He had done his homework, so Absolutely he had great. done his homework, yeah. yeah. And um it 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 seems like um I mean I think it's a generally very effective interview at attracting people to explore the technique, but it certainly had a niche component of attorneys, right? Yes. Of, of which there are perhaps way too many in New York, <laughs> in New York City. I, I, I view lawyers in general, and specifically big firm lawyers in New York, as the great untapped market for the Alexander Technique. I would think so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think um, lawyers, first of all, have a great need on many levels for the work that we do. Um a lot of them experience significant physical difficulties stemming from the stresses of their jobs. Um, and they tend to be very cerebral, analytical people for whom this approach that is all about thinking is quite appealing. Mm-hmm. I think often the Alexander Technique gets grouped with other things that are more um, Eastern in origin or more um, esoteric and vague. But to me, it's a very simple, practical analytical approach to um to life mm-hmm. that ought to appeal to that kind of audience mm-hmm. you know one of my very first students when i first started teaching in toronto was an attorney a trial attorney and um i really didn't know much about that world but the way she described it is you've really got to keep track of a lot of stuff in the courtroom. I mean, you obviously have to be aware of the jury and the judge and the demeanor of the person you're representing. And it is definitely a performance. It's, yes, it's like being an actor, mm-hmm. but you're also making up the script as you go along. Right, so and the stakes, not- the stakes can be... She was a criminal uh, defense attorney, and the stakes are, were very high. You know, yes, and she was someone who took took her job very seriously. I, I know that from talking to her, and she said that her take on the Alexander technique was that it was a way for her to be present in the moment and not lose track of the ideas that she wanted to make sure got out there. From, That's great. From that be- is from before the moment, as it were. You know that is, that is so true, and I, I, I've had that experience with the Alexander Technique in a number of different avenues. But I think for communicating to people, to lawyers, it's important to keep in mind that this is not just something that helps with pain, but it's a performance tool. Mm-hmm. And so I like to make sure that people know that this that actors use this, musicians use this, and. Whether you're a courtroom lawyer or you're a lawyer who negotiates, no matter what you do, you are always performing because you are interacting with people mm-hmm. and presenting yourself. And, and att- th- attorneys do a lot of negotiating as well. And that certainly, yes. there's a lot of body language issues there and just generally how you how you put your case across. Exactly. Is, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so okay. The video came out. Your practice boomed. 
Um, and you're still getting, because I think in part, because that video was so well produced and was so good, you know, and it wasn't too long. It was just the right length. It is uh, out there on YouTube. It periodically gets uh, reposted on Facebook and Twitter and so forth. So it's got a, it's got a life of its own now. And apparently so. Oh yeah, I'm th I think ten years from now you will probably still be hearing from it. Um, but so as a result, and and I think you told me earlier before our conversation that that interview was a kind of a surprise to you, right? You had not yes. gone out and solicited solicited it; it just dropped into your lap, so to speak. Not quite, not but quite. I I I think it would be interesting for people to know that it it came from a seed that was planted a long time ago. And one thing that I learned about marketing, even when I was a lawyer, when I didn't do a lot of marketing because I worked for a big firm, but even then I, I, had, I, I realized that the connections you make with people where you make them aware of something you have to offer as in the way of a service don't always res immediately result mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. business. But sometimes quite a long time later, they come back. So even though you might feel that an outreach effort you make didn't get you anywhere, you never know when it's going to help. And that, in this particular case, it all started when, oh, probably 10 years ago, um, a, a, a man named David Latt was a summer associate at my law firm, and I was one of the people who entertained him. We had this, you know, boondoggle thing where you, you take a summer associate out to dinner and, and a show. So we did that. Right. So then some years later, David Latt became a blogger, and he started this extremely successful popular blog called Above the Law, which is basically a, a magazine about the legal business. Uh -huh. And when I was making my transition, when I was starting my training program, a colleague of ours, a, you know, someone who, who'd worked at the same firm said, oh, you know, you should get in touch with David Latt. He always likes to write about pe lawyers who are doing interesting things. So David Latt and I exchanged a few friendly emails, and he said, oh, yeah, yeah, that's very interesting. And then I never heard from him. Mm -hmm. So then this spring, I got an email from Spencer Mazik, the interviewer at uh -huh. Bloomberg, saying, David Latt says you might be a good subject for my uh, show. Would you like to do an interview? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, that's a to, great story. Yeah, yeah, and I have to say my first reaction to that email was, oh, my God, I can't go on TV. You know, I've never done anything like that. I, 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 I was actually kind of scared of the idea of being interviewed on TV. So I said, you know, what the heck? How yeah. bad could it be, right? So, <laughs> and, you know, of course, Bloomberg is this huge empire, and they it's very professional, and they made me feel extremely comfortable from the minute I walked in the door until I left. And the whole experience was really fun. Mm -hmm. And even then, I was thinking, well, this is nice. What I, what I really hoped for that interview was so that the next time I saw a lawyer that I hadn't seen for a while and told him what I was doing, he wouldn't say, what's the alley? <laughs> right, right. So I didn't even kind of naively think about it bringing me students. Right. Well, and it did. And, um, and not just you, I would imagine that it's brought a number of teachers around the world, students. Because, I hope so. Well, and that, um, well, just the nature of the Internet, um, a video like that is... Um, is is out there forever and uh as i said it's it's i think it's in the top 10 uh youtube videos on the alexander technique might even be the top five so it, it's it's getting it's constantly being viewed so um what what do you 
what do you think for an Alexander Technique teacher listening to this, what did you learn from this experience beyond what you've already talked about that might be helpful for them? I think it's important when we talk about the Alexander Technique to be um, simple and clear, mm-hmm. but also keep in mind who our audience is. It's, I think it's certainly much easier for me to connect with an audience of lawyers than it is for me to connect with an audience of dancers because I just know a lot more about lawyers and how, what it's like to live that life and my background and personality match up with theirs. Mm-hmm. So I think it's also – I mean I think this idea of marketing to a niche is a good one. It doesn't mean you have to limit yourself mm-hmm. to one niche but I think knowing your audience and um, the other thing is I would say – I feel like in that interview, I I watched it again before this conversation because I wanted to be sure it was fresh in my mind. One thing I was happy that I accomplished was that I think I talked about the basic ideas of the Alexander Technique, but I didn't really use a lot of the jargon that we use Mm -hmm. when we teach. Uh, Now, lawyers are very familiar with jargon. One of the great things about working with a lawyer as a student is you can say, okay, we have this thing called inhibition. Now, you may think you know what that means, but for purposes of the lesson, it means X. Mm-hmm. And they'll totally accept that. They have no problem with that because <laughs> mm-hmm. they, they're always writing documents where they define their terms and they use them in very specific ways. Mm-hmm. So I, I – you know, but I didn't need to say inhibition. I just talked about taking a little time. And I, I think that that was useful because it um, – gave the idea that this is kind of a simple set of concepts and not some mysterious, you know, cult-like thing, which is Mm -hmm. often what I have to overcome. People don't know what it is, so they kind of think it's something really Mm woo-woo. And to connect Mm -hmm. with with this kind of audience, I think you need to make it concrete. You need to say, you know, this isn't mysterious. Right. I I mean, I would say from my sort of view window onto Alexander Technique, teacher marketing is largely through the the web and particularly teachers websites and an awful lot of teachers have not um i don't think have thought through who it is that's that might come to them for lessons that is they they haven't thought through a, a way of explaining what they do in very simple language that anyone could understand yeah, I also I don't think it's necessary to explain everything. I think that's a that's a, a trap that it's easy to fall into because mm-hmm. if you if you've dedicated all this time as you and I have to training, you really love this thing, and there's so many implications, and it becomes such a big part of your life that you almost want to. There's this fear of misrepresenting it by not telling everyone the whole beautiful wonderfulness mm-hmm. of it all, mm-hmm. right? Right. And yes. so, and, and I I also got comments. Uh, you know, every once in a while, people will challenge something like. Oh, you talked about posture. Well, we shouldn't talk about posture because people have the wrong idea about what good posture is. Mm. And I don't think that really matters. I mean, you did a, an interview with Lindsay Newitter mm-hmm. recently in which you talked a lot about that. And I totally – I think that – so what if people have the wrong idea of posture? If they want to improve their posture and they come to me for a lesson, it's pretty easy to explain to them that I'm going to teach them a whole different way of thinking about posture. Absolutely, yeah. And I think I think part of the problem for for uh, some Alexander Technique teachers is that 
you're immersed in this training course environment for three years where you're around other teachers or teacher trainees and everyone there knows how wonderful the Alexander Technique is and all the benefits and it kind of goes without saying and then suddenly you're out there in the real world where most people have never heard of it and it's I think a little tricky for new teachers to get their their mind around the fact that they're going to have to explain it and talk about it in ways that they probably aren't used to they have a totally different audience than they're used to the group they're used to hanging out with for three years right and I think it's it's I've always found it useful to kind of hark back to how I got into it in the first place, this, mm-hmm. you know, because um, that's at least one reason, you know, that was me knowing nothing about the Alexander Technique and finding it and seeking it out. So if I can kind of put myself back in that mindset, that's helpful for at least one potential audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, it's, it gets a little bit trickier when you need to then think about talking to people who aren't starting where you started from. So, for example, if you're someone who discovered the technique when you went to drama school, mm-hmm. you know, it'll be easy to talk to actors about it, but it might not be so easy to talk to other people about it. Right. So you have to you have to learn or you have to... Um you know, practice on your friends, for example. <laughs> right, so and I think also just not let the fear of not being totally complete and accurate stop you from trying. Yeah, absolutely. Because when you talk to people, and it's also kind of a, a, you know, it's a conversation, hopefully, not a lecture. So, you know, if somebody asks you at a party what it is, it's I find it useful to try to think, what do I know about this person that, they might make them relate to this. So it's not always the same thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, anything else you want to talk about from, from your recent experiences that might be of interest to Alexander teachers? I just kind of want to reiterate my, my, my passion in life is making sure that people in the business world and, and in the law firm world know that the Alexander Technique exists and that it's a useful tool for them Mm-hmm. encourage people to think about that as a market. I, I mm-hmm. think the two greatest issues we face as teachers are you have people who have plenty of time but no money to pay for lessons and people who have plenty of money to pay for lessons but no time. And <laughs> that is, that are, is the dichotomy out there, isn't right? it? Right. So lawyers yeah. fall into the latter category. Right. So, the, the, so the thing with them is to persuade them that it's worth taking a little time out of their schedule. And one of the things I've done that's also contributed a lot is to get take a space in Midtown Manhattan, which is mm-hmm. where they all work. Right, right. And it's actually made a huge difference. And when I started, I was teaching um, closer to home on 14th Street. Uh-huh. And people will not take the time to get on the subway for 15 minutes and go to 14th Street, but they will come three blocks from their office. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if this is true elsewhere in the country, but certainly in New York – location having a location that's convenient for your target audience i think is important mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well uh this might be a good place to to bring our conversation to an end um my guest has been karen kruger an alexander technique teacher in manhattan uh we'll put a link to the uh bloomberg video which is on youtube we'll put a link to that by the interview I, I recommend anyone who hasn't seen it to watch it, and it's a great marketing tool for anyone anyone can use uh, for for their own practice. Yeah, and um, 
Um, Karen, thanks so much for being on the show. You're welcome, Robert. Thanks for having me.